12. After Alpius left them Gaius had joined his brother in the studium, a small room with a large working table. Both stood bent over papyrus sheets and writing materials covering most of the dark wooden surface. Gaius immediately noticed the mess, orders to traductors were mixed with personal correspondence, which in turn lay next to orders of goods. Two used cups with dried wine completed a picture of utter mess. In the middle of the table he glimpsed a sheet with childish handwriting where simple words had been repeated time after time. Must be Marcus's mistress he thought. Marcus, you have to keep your documents in better order. I was hoping you could help me. Yes, of course. I think I've heard it before. The sarcasm in Gaius's voice was clear. Genuine or played? Optimus could not tell. What did Ulpius say? Why was he in such a hurry? Gaius asked. The emperor has camped in Salinas in Cilicia to wait for better weather before he sails over to Italy. He also probably suffer from some minor illness. So, it may be some time before he reaches Rome. Gaius immediately asked if the delay would affect them. Now he would get a few weeks respite. Anything could happen in a few weeks. Maybe he would not need to lead any transports? Does this change your plan? Do you still want us to make preparations? What about the increased investments? Calm down Gaius, a few weeks more or less does not matter. Anyway, he also said, that Cornelius will be back in a few days. That's good news, I was worried when Ulpius stormed into Rome in full galop. Ulpius is known for his dramatics. Nothing to worry about. Optimus frowned. What's wrong? I know you too well, Marcus. Gaius felt the beginning of a lump in his stomach. What had gone wrong? Had something happened to Cornelius? He was wondering if we could have use of one of his cousins. A very capable young man who would be eternally grateful to us. Yes? Sounds good. What is the problem? What he did not say was that he has deserted from the Legion. Oh. Gaius never stopped being surprised how his brother got all his information. I hope we do not have any deserters among our men. It could cost us everything. If we hide or help them, we will be punished by death. I just wonder if Alpius know. What would you do, Gaius? Hire him? Never, not a chance, Gaius said without delay. Scared men with secrets is in the end always a burden. They can be blackmailed, he continued. Good. But now am I want to know what you would do. Not what I will do, Optimus said with a smile. We are lucky that I'm not ducks, right? A small trepidation was evident in Gaius' voice. Both stood in silence for a while, then Gaius said. Do you think Alpius is Malasius man? And that he tries to set us up? If he's tricking us to hire a deserter and then anonymously report it to the military tribunes. It would be an intelligent way to put us in serious trouble. 
I do not know what to believe. Keep your eyes and ears open. We cannot afford to have any more enemies. Especially not now and especially not in the legions, in the legions, no that would not be good, not good at all. Gaius turned round and walked out without saying another word. Optimus watched his brother walk away and wondered if he would be able to handle all the difficult decisions a leader needed to make during a transportation with hundred men and as many wagons. When they were younger, he had always protected him. Now, he needed him, he needed him to step up as a leader. What will now happen with Alpius' cousin? After desertion, he is without endorsement, and he will not be able to rely on family connections. Exclusion from society and poverty is inevitable and as sure as lice on a barbarian. Breaking his military sacramentum is something appalling. If he is captured, he could expect to be punished in accordance with Fustuarium, where the convicted person is beaten to death with wooden clubs by his own comrades in his centuria. The easiest thing for him is to start working for one of the criminal gangs to avoid having to beg or live on arms. A beggar's life in Rome is hard and painful. He would probably die and would become just one more pile of human rags lying in the streets. Then the hearse, early at dawn, would pick him up and drive to the bonfire east of Rome where they burn all the bodies. Optimus knew what poverty does to man, the desperation, hunger and humiliation. Grown men fighting over a piece of bread. When they were young, under Emperor Domitian, the family had for several years walked the streets with empty, aching stomachs and sunken cheeks. The hunger had many times been crippling. The emperor's dinner to them, gifts to the legionaries, had saved their life. After his father's death he had promised himself never to be hungry again and with blood and tears started to build Optimus' choir unless, he was not going to let a deserter risk everything. We will probably come across him working for one of the gangs, he said to himself. That's what I would have done, or would I? Anyhow, I have made me another enemy, he thought sadly. With heavy steps he went into the room adjacent to the atrium. Here he kept the ancestral masks and it was in Allée, the family spirits rested. On a large wall the casts of faces from his father, Marcus his mother Julia and Grandfather Marcus were placed. Grandfather had been called Stonehand because he was one of the most decorated centurions in the Roman army. Beneath each mask there are Nors and Rees Gesti, their missions and accomplishments, were carefully chiseled in marble blocks. Now, I would like you to guide me, he said straight out into the darkness. The plan is good not perfect, not risk-free, but it is good. Do you hear me? Otherwise Senator Goblus will enforce the law at a later time point, a time when I would not be able to do anything about it. The voice sounded metallic and his words echoed in the bare empty room. I hope you are listening to me. We have the chance to influence Longvinius to stop the proposal before the Senate will vote. The interactions between Rome and its provinces is very important for stability and thus for the empire. It's trade that bind all of us together and all of us benefit from it. 
it opens the eyes of all different people and provides a better life, a richer life. Egyptus needs Rome and Rome needs Egyptus. Everybody have to realize that Egyptus is the most important of all the provinces. Could Rome even survive without it? Together we can withstand the most difficult of times and hard times will for sure be back, they always are, he thought. He reached for a stick of wood to be able to light the vessels with incense standing on the floor, he also lit a few oil lamps hanging on the walls. Within minutes the room was filled with a sweet and pleasant aroma. Smoke swirled in the air and opened up his mind. It made it easier to get closer to his ancestors and the gods. Optimus took down the mask that represented the image of his grandfather and placed it on his face. In a low voice he began to repeat the ancient words that belonged to the family Optimus, words that had been repeated since the time before the Republic. After several deep breaths he closed his eyes and pictures of faces that belonged to his dead relatives became visible inside his eyelids. The mantra flowed from him without interruption. Again and again he repeated. Dismanibus sacrum. Ego pro auspicio. Honorable spirits and gods. I ask for guidance. One of the slaves in the house looked into the room and saw the big man with a waxy, yellow face, partly hidden in the shadows, smoke spiraling around his entire body, chanting monotonous his message to the gods and dead relatives. The small man felt a cold shudder trickling down his back. He pulled quickly back his head and disappeared behind the nearest corner, shaken of what he had seen, afraid the gods would punish him, fear of losing his own life. Rumors had it that Dux was in connection with the strongest of the Roman gods.